What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Friday edition of the Snaggle Show. I am, of course, your host, Chris Jardine, a.k.a. Snaggle J. Still moderately under the under the uh, the weather of this cold. If you followed my exploits this week from the Monday episode of the podcast, then Monday night this week in Perfect Team, uh, last night's um, Out of the Park Development stream where I did my Mets franchise, and now to today... It's been a roller coaster of how my voice uh, sounds and is, uh, but we soldier on, chat. So if the slight sickness tinge to my voice uh, is a huge turnoff for you, one, I completely understand, uh, and two, hopefully I am on the mend enough uh, to be back to my regular, uh, regular sort of voice uh, next week. Um, <clears throat> This episode of The Snaggle Show is brought to you by my brand new Patreon page, patreon.com slash snagglej. Uh, you can head over to my Patreon if you want to become a Snagaholic patron. You can do so um, over there and help support all of the different things that I'm doing. Uh, one of the great perks of being a patron with $5 or more per month will get you access to an exclusive wrestling watch-along live stream. Uh, those are going to be starting in July. Basically, we're going to sit down um, once a month um, on and watch a wrestling event um, that you guys will be voting on. Um, and yeah, it's going to be an exclusive thing for Twitch subs and for patrons of $5 or more. It's going to be a lot of fun. Mrs. J is going to be involved as well. Um, the first one in July, we're actually going to be doing for everyone, so you don't have to be a Twitch subscriber or a patron for the first one. We're going to put a freebie out there, um, just so you guys can see uh, what sort of things uh, you can expect from it. Um, that's going to be sometime in July. Keep it locked to the Twitter, twitter.com slash snagglej for when that's going to happen. Um, yeah, patreon.com slash snagglej, check it out. Um, on this week's episode, this week's, this Friday edition of the Snaggle Show, we are going to be talking about all things E3, that's right, the Electronics Entertainment Expo. By the time you're hearing this, is pretty much going to be wrapped up. Uh, it started last, well, technically it started Saturday with EA Play. I'm not going to talk a whole lot about EA Play, uh, mostly because I didn't have a chance to go back and watch a lot of it. Um, <clears throat> this is going to be more E3 focused. I'm probably going to do the EA Play thing uh, at a later date and kind of go back and break down that stuff. Uh, I did catch some of the news that came out of it, but uh, you know we're not really going to talk a whole lot about EA Play today. We're going to talk about E3. We're going to talk about uh, a lot of things that I am excited about. I'm going to preface this by saying we're not going to talk about every single thing that happened at E3, mainly because I would like this episode to not be four hours long. Um, so I have picked out some things that I find particularly interesting. Um, if I don't cover a particular item that you have found interesting about E3, uh, one, I apologize. Two, reach out to me, guys. Uh, hit me up, twitter.com slash snagglej. Uh, Discord as well. Um, you can go to discord.snaggle.club. Uh, let's keep the conversation going. I was asking people earlier today um, some things about E3 <clears throat> that they found particularly exciting. And I can assure you, People sent me some things on the Twitter um, that I'm not going to be talking about in this episode because they're things that I didn't really find particularly interesting. I'm going to focus this more on stuff that that I liked, um, you know, to try again, try to keep the episode to a reasonable, uh, you know, length. Usually, are in our little wheelhouse of 25 to 30 minutes. <clears throat> Overall, I thought E3 was great. Um, I really enjoy E3 being bookended by Microsoft and Nintendo on opposite sides. Because, I mean, with Sony not being at E3, um, which I continue to think is a very big mistake for Sony, um, you have your two big giants on either end. The Microsoft conference, um, you know, in, in the same vein as last year, um, was was announcing some very big, very hype cross-platform games that are going to be coming out. Uh, and then some cool Microsoft stuff. Obviously, Nintendo, most of their stuff is, you know, Switch only. Uh, but the, Ninten you know, Nintendo, this was probably <clears throat> one of the best 
um, Nintendo Directs that there has been, just in terms uh, of hype. Um, and it's a really tough spot to be in, um, because, I mean, we're, you know, roughly like 16 to 18 months away from new hardware. You know, the new Xbox is coming, the new PlayStation is coming. Uh, we know that's happening. We know that's going to be happening in time for holiday 2020, more than likely. Um, and so this is kind of a tough spot to be because you're announcing these big, gigantic AAA games. Um, you know, a lot of them we've known about for some time, but ones that are going to be, you know, at this point, the last of, uh, of the generation. You know, next year's E3 is going to have such a different tone because next year's E3 from, uh, you know, from basically any console developer outside of Nintendo is going to be extremely focused on next gen. <clears throat> you know, everything Microsoft next year is going to be Scarlet related. Everything PlayStation, even though PlayStation doesn't come to um, E3, any sort of cross-platform games and stuff that you see from the Ubisofts and from the Square Enixes of the world uh, are going to be, um, you know, next gen focused. So, I mean, this is kind of a tough spot for, you know, for E3 to be in. But I tell you what, it delivered on all fronts. Um, I was very, very impressed with Microsoft's uh, performance. Uh, again, you know, right up until the moment the Nintendo Direct started, Microsoft easily had the best, um, the best presentation of the show. Uh, and then Nintendo went out and blew them out of the water. Um, <clears throat> and that's not a knock against, you know, Microsoft. Again, they're, they're, their presentation was amazing. There was a lot of really cool stuff in it. It was really well done. Uh, but this was Nintendo's year uh, in terms of... And again, maybe that's an advantage of them going on last. Um, maybe. Maybe it was just that they had all these bullets in the chamber that they were really going to ratchet out there this year. Um, but anyway, let's jump in and start talking about some things from E3 uh, that I really, really liked. Um, so let's start with the Microsoft presentation. So I went into E3 um, with two questions. One, when am I going to be able to play Cyberpunk? Two, when am I going to be able to play Witcher 3 on Switch? So we'll see. Uh, so Microsoft, right out of the bat, uh, starts it off with Outer Worlds. Now, if you follow me on Twitter, and if you don't follow me on Twitter, at uh, SnaggleJ, S-N-A-G-G-L-E-J, hit me up. Uh, if you do follow me on Twitter, you know I am hyped for Outer Worlds, uh, made by Obsidian. Um, Obsidian probably most famous for um, New Vegas, right? I would say that New Vegas is probably their... I would say New Vegas is probably the most... what they're probably known for. Um, they've made some, some different games over the years. Um, you know, if you're a PC player, uh, Pillars of Eternity is, is a game that they have a big part in. Um, <clears throat> but in terms of uh, this kind of vein of game, Fallout New Vegas um, is what they're really, really known for, which was kind of like a non-canon, non-sequel to Fallout 3, uh, which occurred, you know, out in, in, in the obviously, New Vegas. And, and is a very... I would say New Vegas is like a cult favorite Fallout game because, again, it's not really main storyline. Not that any of the Fallouts are really, uh, you know, like sequels to one another anyway. But ever since Outer Worlds was announced, uh, it has gotten a, a huge amount of hype. You know, it, it, it occurs in space on a different planet uh, that is, it seems to be overcome with corporate greed and you watch the gameplay trailer for Outer Worlds and it literally looks like, you know, Fallout New Vegas on a, on a new console. Um, Outer Worlds is coming out October 25th, which is amazing, which means as of right now, you only have to wait four months and 11 days to play it. I can't wait. I'm super excited. Um, there's a lot of things about Outer Worlds I like. The, the, the gunplay looks really cool. Again, <clears throat> with... with if it's anything like Fallout New Vegas, I expect it to be a fantastic game. It looks really cool. Uh, I definitely recommend you check it out. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of great videos out there about it. Um, I saw uh, Kotaku had a like three and a half minute 
uh, in depth where they got to play it and check it out. There's some really cool things like w with companions and using companion skills to help um, beat skill checks. So, for example, if you're familiar with any real follow game, you know, when you're going through the dialogue tree, for example, you have certain options that are locked until um, your dialogue reaches a certain threshold. So, for example, you, in order to coerce someone, you may need a speech of 45. Well, now your companions will actually aid you in, um, in passing those skill checks. So things like being able to hack terminals and stuff, <clears throat> and I know what you're saying. Wow, this really sounds like a follow game. Basically, I expect it to be a follow game in space. Um, you know, just spruced up for a, for the current generation of consoles, and um, you know, with some new bells and whistles. Like I said, the gunplay looks really cool. The dialogue options look really cool. Um, the 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 companion slash follower system looks really cool. Um, again, Outer Worlds out October 25th. I think it's going to be amazing. Uh, it's an absolute must-buy for me. I really can't wait. Next up, <clears throat> and this was uh, for me and for a lot of people uh, on social media, the, the hype highest point of the show, um, Cyberpunk 2077, which is the next big entry from CD Projekt Red. Um, who you may know as uh, for The Witcher 3, um, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. Um, Cyberpunk 2077 has been teased and it had little clips shown and little uh, you know vignettes shown now for a couple of years. Um, we finally got what kind of sort of looked like in-game uh, stuff. And I know they've done some stuff behind closed doors uh, that I'm going to have to do some more research in afterwards. But the big news about... Um, Cyberpunk 2077, outside of the fact that you're going to be able to play it April 16th, 2020, as of right now, um, obviously, you know, being uh, 10 months out, shit subject to change, uh, people. But April 16th, 2020, is that <clears throat> Keanu Reeves himself is going to play a role in the game. Um, and, I mean, from people who, you know, were watching it, Keanu was there on stage. It was kind of really cool. They kind of panned to this point. You know, they showed some, <clears throat> uh, you know, some FMV kind of sequences. And then they zoomed into first person and your guy was down. And Keanu's character said something and the camera pans up. And people in the audience went absolutely ballistic. Twitter went absolutely ballistic. And then smoke starts coming and the door opens and Keanu Reeves walks out on stage. And then he announces when you're going to be able to play the game. Um... <clears throat> So that aside, um, which by the way I, I think is really cool, um, it's kind of become a you know a, a cult you know sort of hero thing in this game now. And again, it's still you're still seeing people constantly tweet you know Cyberpunk twenty six seven featuring Keanu Reeves. Can't wait. Um, outside of the fact that Keanu Reeves is in the game, um, the the hype for Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven is is really 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 real. Again. <clears throat> In my opinion, The Witcher 3 is one of the best five games of this generation of consoles. Uh, and that's saying something because it came out like four years ago. Like earlier in the life cycle of the current gen. Uh, <clears throat> sorry guys, you're gonna, I'm going to have to clear my throat a million times on this podcast. So, um, So, it's... A testament to how good that game is and with the witcher 3 being as good as it was and still is that sets the bar so high for 2077 um for cd project red to come out and and, and top that now <clears throat> i was skeptically going into e3 thinking that you know what with this being at the Microsoft thing, there was a part of me that thought that maybe they were going to announce Cyberpunk 2077 as a next-gen Scarlet launch title. I'm so glad that's not the case. Um, <clears throat> but again, Cyberpunk 2077 is releasing in, a, in an unenviable position. You know, six months before we get a new generation of consoles... You're going to get this highly anticipated game from a developer that has one of the best um, games of this generation. Um, 
And again, the hype is off the chains with this game right now. I think it's going to be really interesting to see in the in the months ahead. You know, as we get some gameplay trailers, I do expect um, <clears throat> we'll probably get our first huge cyberpunk gameplay trailer at uh, the Game Awards, which traditionally happen in early December. Uh, I think you're going to see probably a two or three minute. Uh, cyberpunk gameplay trailer at um, at the Game Awards, which I think will be really cool. It really sucks that that's uh, you know six months away, but I think that's an ideal timeline. You know, five months before release, four months before release, to kind of show off you know two or three minutes of gameplay. I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, but I mean, if it's anything like The Witcher, it's going to be an amazing game. I really can't wait. Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven again scheduled to release April sixteenth, twenty twenty. Uh, they talked about the new Xbox, which is currently codenamed Scarlet. Um, they used a lot of huge tech computer buzzwords, you know, saying it's four times as powerful. It's going to be able to process up to 8K, um, you know, resolution this, resolution that. Um, the whole thing, again, is it, still very early. I mean, we're talking, you know, 16 months away from this thing being a reality. Um, <clears throat> be, you know... What it shows, though, is Xbox is out there now. They, they've they started saying, you know, this is what our new machine is going to have. This is what it's going to, you know, have under the hood. So, much like with the Xbox One and the PS4, you know, now it becomes a game of, well, what's the PS5 going to have? And then we'll go back and forth, you know, backwards compatibility, this. And now it becomes, for lack of a better term, you know, at this point it becomes a dick measuring contest. You know, uh, who can create the most hype? Who can create the most buzz? Who's going to have the best system? Uh, we all know that at the end of the day, the systems are going to be pretty comparable because, you know, they're both using as, as high end of tech as they possibly can. Um, but, you know, we're off to the races now with the next generation of... Um, Xboxes and P and Playstations, you know, we're, we're, we're there now. Uh, and much like a U.S. federal election, you know, it is <clears throat> 16 to 18 months of build and, and a lot of, hey, look at me, hey, look at me, hey, look at me, hey, don't look at the other guy. Until we see, you know, you know, these two systems and exactly what they're going to have under the hood, uh, we won't really know. Uh, what's going on? They talked a lot about their X Cloud. Um, <clears throat> I didn't look into it a whole, whole heck of a lot. Um, but basically, the big thing you need to know about X Cloud is it's going to be out before um, Google Stadia, which we talked about on, on uh, last episode of the show. We talked about Google Stadia, which is going to be out in November. Um, and. You know, xCloud from Microsoft is going to be out a little bit sooner. You know, a lot of people are saying it's really hard um, to compare one to the other because they're really kind of different right now. Um, you know, it, it's... I'm trying to think of the best way to say that. A lot of people who got to try xCloud at, um, at E3... It was basically just a phone attached to a controller. You know, there was no <clears throat> there was no TVs, there was no, you know, computers, there was no really any of that stuff. It was basically just a hey, here's a controller, here's a phone, give it a try, see what you think. Um, you know, try out the leg, try out this, try out that, see, you know, see how it works. A lot of, you know, reviews on these are really good. The the thing is when you when you start looking at New technology like uh, like streaming and like not streaming, but like streaming services like XCloud and Stadia are going to be. It's almost impossible to review them or preview them until you have them in your hands. What it's going to look like, how it's going to be, what the lag is going to be like, what the service is going to be like, what the subscription model is going to be like. There's so much that goes into <clears throat> these and when you have new technology when you're when you're moving into something that that there really hasn't been 
it's impossible. You have nothing to compare it to. And that and as as humans, we're constantly wanting to compare something to something else. When you see a new game, uh, you know that is coming out, and you're intrigued by it. You're a lot of people. Their first question is, well, what does it play like? Does it play like Mortal Kombat or does it play like Street Fighter? I don't know where that example came from, but there you go. Um, so it'll be very, very interesting to see. Again, I am not a Microsoft guy. I do not own an Xbox One. Um, I do find xCloud interesting. Uh, I'm probably still leaning towards the Stadia at this point. Um, but I mean, you know, we'll see. And then speaking of uh, online services and Microsoft, they did announce some big changes to their Game Pass um, program coming to PC. They're offering up a, I believe it's still in effect, um, a kind of a $1 Game Pass Ultimate trial. And if you buy it, it attaches on to your existing uh, Xbox Game Pass or, or live membership. They're kind of bundling the... Game Pass and Xbox Live together for $15 a month, um, which seems really cool. Like I said, I think they have a, a trial right now where if you get the Game Pass and you already have Xbox Live, you get the it's just a dollar. It's a dollar a month, I believe, is what they're what they're going with. Um, I do like the idea of Game Pass on the PC. Uh, I don't PC game a whole lot, um, especially considering that I have a laptop. And my laptop is pushing, you know, uh, 14, 15 months old now. Uh, I could play games like Dauntless and stuff without any real difficulty. But, like, I don't know if I could play, like, Forza Horizon 4. Um, but I do like the idea of, of you know, this, this cross-compatibility for um, Game Pass. Again, <clears throat> as we move more towards subscription-based models, being able to get people to allow them... Um, to you know, play games on multiple platforms is is huge. It, it's absolutely massive to be able to give someone a subscription service and say, "Hey, you can play this on your Xbox, or you can play it on your PC." It's huge. It's it's massive. It it gives people access to play more games in the way uh, they want to play it. Um, some other things that were noticed or noticed announced at Microsoft: um, Elden Ring which is a very interesting-looking game uh, that is being made in collaboration with George R.R. R. Martin, who you may remember more famously for writing uh, the books for Game of Thrones. Um, apparently, it's like Dark Souls, but not Dark Souls. Um, they've said some really confusing comparative statements about the game. Like, it's kind of like this, but not, and it's kind of like that, but not. Um, so more to be seen on that. Uh, Minecraft Dungeons is another thing that's coming out. <clears throat> really showing that Microsoft is uh, putting the Minecraft um, IP to use. It's more of like a, it's basically what it says. It's like a dungeon crawling um, sort of team-based game. Looks really cool. Uh, they talked about Gears 5. They talked about Halo Infinite. Uh, and there was lots of focus, and you'll see this throughout a lot of the presentations. Lots of focus on mobile. Um, all throughout the large presentations, with the exception of, I think, Nintendo really was the only one that didn't. And maybe like the PC gaming show. Um, lots of focus on mobile um, all throughout a lot of this. Um, but Microsoft did really well. If I was grading their um, their presentation out of 10, I'd probably give it a 9. Um, it was it was very hype, I think. If it, The only thing I would have done differently is I might have saved Keanu for the end. Uh, I think it would have been a great way to end off you know, with Keanu Reeves and Cyberpunk. But again, I, I can appreciate... Microsoft wanting to focus more on their own stuff, like Scarlet, like xCloud at the end. Um, but still, I, I give their presentation a 9 out of 10 for sure. Sunday night, we had Bethesda. <clears throat> I'm going to try to keep my thoughts mostly positive. Bethesda's presentation was bad. It was bad. Um, the crowd had way too high of expectations. And I feel like this is the second year in a row where Bethesda's presentation has been a giant letdown. Um, last year, they managed to salvage a little bit of it at the end by saying, hey, um, we have this game. It's called Starfield. It's like Elder Scrolls, but it's in space. We, not, we, don't, any, we, don't, we don't know anything about it other than here's a name, we're working on it, uh, and we're working on Elder Scrolls 6. And then here's a four-second video of, a, of Rolling Hills and a title screen. Okay. That was Bethesda E3 2018. Bethesda at E3 2019 was, man, 
It was tough to watch. Um, it really was. And I think it's because Bethesda is trying to diversify themselves beyond Fallout and Elder Scrolls. And a lot of hardcore Bethesda fans don't want that. They want them to be the Fallout Elder Scrolls company and continue to pump out Fallout and Elder Scrolls games, you know, once every two years until they are blue in the face. And that's just not what Bethesda's interested in. We saw some cool stuff. I think Ghostwire Tokyo looks um, interesting. I think Deathloop looks interesting. <clears throat> um, they spent a lot of time talking about Fallout 76, which um, I think they're ready to admit it at this point was an unmitigated disaster when the thing launched. Uh, you know, they're talking uh, this fall they're going to have season two, uh, which is going to finally introduce things like uh, NPCs with dialogue. Oh my, what a novel concept! Uh, they also announced Fallout BR uh, Battle Royale for those of you uh, less cultured. Uh, hot topic gamers. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I, I LOL'd at that. Like, Fallout BR. Like, seriously? It was only a matter of time. But holy hell, Bethesda. Like, not everybody has to jump the damn Battle Royale shark. Um, but I am glad to see that they are continuing to try to make Fallout 76 a really cool game. I do believe it is free to play until Monday. Um, so if you haven't played Fallout 76 yet, definitely go download it. Give it a try. Uh, I've been playing it uh, sparingly this week. It is a pretty interesting concept. It's a very interesting game. I think if they continue to support it in this manner, uh, it does have uh, a certain, um, you know, improvement range that I can kind of see it going down. I do remember watching a lot of streams uh, when it first came out and being like, man, this game is like, this is a beta. Um, and I almost feel like the introduction of Season 2 is finally like the game's going to come out of beta, basically. Um, they talked about Elder Scrolls Blades, which is basically a mobile game. Uh, mobile, 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 again. Um, <coughs> it is going to be coming to the Nintendo Switch. For whatever the hell that's worth. Uh, apparently it's free. It's going to be free on the Switch too. The only things that were said about Elder Scrolls 6 and Starfield is that they are, quote-unquote, working hard. I mean, at this point, we know they're going to be next-gen games. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see anything at E3 2020 about them either. Um, you're talking maybe Elder Scrolls 6, maybe 2022. I think maybe Starfield will come out first um, in an effort for them to differentiate uh, themselves. Um, you know... Maybe the Starfield comes out first. Uh, they talked about uh, Wolfenstein. They talked about Rage 2 DLCs and stuff. Honestly, at, at a certain point, I stopped paying attention because it was just... It, I felt like Bethesda was going through the motions. Uh, I give their uh, their presentation a 5 out of 10. Um, and a lot of the points I give them was because I am very glad to see that they... Um, are really putting a lot of effort into Fallout 76, but most of the other stuff was was pretty negligible. A lot of them are fring, fringe games that I may or may not look at. You know, when they're a little closer to release, um, just not the kind of hype um, <clears throat> that I'm, I expect from uh, Bethesda. And a lot of other people, I think, share the same sentiment. I didn't watch the Developer Digital show. Um, I'm going to let some more educated people speak on that. I don't play Devolver Digital games. Uh, I know they do, their presentation looked really funny and like they put a lot of effort like into the actual presentation aspect, which I appreciate, but I don't know a lot about their games. I don't know a lot about their company. Um, so I'm going to let some more educated people speak on that kind of stuff. I'm just going to kind of stay away from it for now because it's not something that I know a whole lot about. Um, on Monday, we had the PC gaming show. We had Ubisoft and we had Square Enix. Um, <clears throat> lots of cool stuff coming out of these. Uh, the big PC one for me was Wasteland 3. Uh, Wasteland 3 is made by Inexile Entertainment. Uh, a lot of them have ties to the earlier Fallout, so like Fallout 1 and 2. Um, I have played a lot of Wasteland 2 Director's Cut uh, on the Switch. Uh, it is a fun little game, more of a uh, tactical RPG 
Um, something that, you know, plays really well on PC for sure. Um, it did work kind of nice on the Switch, um, with, even though it did have some, um, some hardware, or some hardware, um, some hiccups and things like that along the way. Um, it's scheduled to come out Wasteland 3 in spring of 2020. I think it's going to be really cool. Again, sticking with that more, like, tactical RPG sort of model. <clears throat> Uh, the next entry in the Watchdog series is Watchdogs Legion. Um, what an ambitious looking game! Holy hell! Um, this game is going to come down a lot to execution. Basically, the entire city of London is filled with fully voiced um, characters that you can recruit and add to your legion, and they have different skills. Um, and you're basically building a legion to fight back tyranny. Uh, it again, the ambition behind this Watchdogs looks extremely high. Um, <clears throat> yeah, like again, this is going to be one of those games that if they execute it properly, it is going to be one of the the games of the year um, for sure. I believe it's not scheduled to come out until next year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I can Google that right quick, actually, while I'm thinking about it. Uh, but yeah, it looks um, really, really cool. Uh, like, like it's just, I love how, I love how Ubisoft is willing to push the envelope with a lot of stuff. We've seen it with Assassin's Creed. Um, you know, we've we've seen them sort of try to do different things. Uh, it does not come out till March sixth, twenty twenty. Um, but it just it, it, it's such an ambitious looking project and something that a lot of people who I talked to um, afterwards they were like, huh, that's really, really interesting. And you know, I think that could work. But again, the skepticism in me is uh, like you know, I want to make sure that it's gonna work, you know. <clears throat> Just like anything else in gaming, you have a great idea, that's great. The execution is what's going to matter. And like I said, I really, really, really hope uh, that Ubisoft is able to make this work. Uh, because I think it's going to be, um, if it does work, I think it's really going to breathe some life into the Watch Dogs franchise. I've enjoyed uh, the first couple of Watch Dogs games. I thought they were great. Um, again, very, very uh, innovative in their own right. When they, when, you know, when the first Watch Dogs came out, I thought it was really cool, um, really good concept. Um, but yeah, Watch Dog Legion, March twenty twenty. Uh, I hope they nail it because I think it would be really, really cool. Um, <clears throat> also, Gods and Monsters. Um, all you need to know about Gods and Monsters is the comparisons being made are that it is a Zelda game. Uh, with Greek mythology tied in. <coughs> Which in and of itself is, I'm like, what? That's That was the first thing I saw about it? Um, it's like Zelda with Greek mythology tied in. Okay. Uh, you have my attention. Uh, for sure. Um... Yeah, it, it, it's an action-adventure game. It looks really, really cool. Um, you know, it, it, it's, again, it's another one of those things that I think Ubisoft really have the, the you know, something hot, hot, hot on their hands. Uh, they did say, I believe it's a 20, February 2020. <clears throat> so coming out around the same time as Watch Dogs, actually. Um, it's made by the creators of Assassin's Creed Odyssey, so you can imagine that a lot of the things um, are going to be, you know, a lot of the mechanics and stuff may be similar um, to that. It will be on the Nintendo Switch as well, uh, PC, Xbox, PS4. I do like that it's going to be on the Switch, obviously. Um, I'm looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, just a really cool-looking concept. Um, two games that Ubisoft showed off um, with Watchdog Legion and Gods and Monsters got me really excited. Um, they also talked about Uplay Plus, which is going to be kind of like a subscription-based service. I think it was only a matter of time before um, Ubisoft, with their large library of games, uh, with the Assassin's Creed, with the Rainbow Sixes, the Tom Clancy's, uh, the Watchdogs, you know, all those types of games. I think it was only going to be a matter of time before um, 
they started looking at putting some sort of subscription service together. So Uplay Plus is a thing. It's going to happen. Um, some other things they talked about, uh, Roller Champions, which was like a roller derby game. And I'm like, what? Like, it's 2019, man. Um, but you know what? It makes a lot of sense. Um, because it's, you know... In this age where we have seen games like Rocket League, games like Disc Jam, uh, those two come to mind right off the bat. These kind of off-the-wall, sort of, you know, really, like, I don't want to say basic, but these sort of games where they're just, they're easy to get into, and they're super fun. Like, you know, Disc Jam was... The simplest of simple. You throw the disc back and forth and try to get it past the guy. But it was hella fun. It was super fun to play. Roller Champions looks like that kind of game. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. It's like roller derby. But <clears throat> I, I, I've watched a lot of people who have, who have tweeted about it over the last couple days. And everyone's like, man, I didn't have high expectations but this game looks like super wicked fun. And uh, so, you know, it's something I'm looking forward to. Again, I think these sort of um, more indie-like, easy-to-pick-up-and-play, arcade sports titles, I think they're, they have a wonderful market uh, in this day and age. You know, again, they fit well on the Switch as well. Um, they're, they're just fun to pick up and play. Roller Champions, it's a thing. It's happening. Um, they talked about Rainbow Six Quarantine. Tom Clancy is coming to mobile. Just Dance 2020 is still coming out on the Wii. So if you guys are pick, are still out there cranking away at your Nintendo Wii, well, guess what? Just Dance 2020 coming to the Nintendo Wii. Um, bet you guys can't wait for that. <clears throat> also, Assassin's Creed Odyssey is getting a story creator, um, which looks kind of cool. I, I haven't played Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I know. I know. Someday I'll find the time, but I haven't played it yet. Uh, but it's getting like a story creator add-on, which looks really cool. I like the idea of being able to customize, make your own stuff, and kind of be able to share them and play them with other people. Um, so that looks kind of cool. Uh, and then also wrapping up Monday with Square. They talked about the Avengers game. Um, a lot of people were very disappointed. Uh, it doesn't come out till May 2020. Uh, it doesn't feature any of the actors uh, that were in the Avengers movies, that shouldn't surprise anyone, chat. They're making a game to try to make money. Could you imagine the amount of capital they would have to spend to get Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans, uh, Scarlett Johansson and company, Mark Ruffalo, to come you know, voice and, and do all the mocap for their games? It's not going to happen. Um, but a lot of people came away from the Avengers game disappointed. Um, we'll see, though. I did see, you know, some people were like, listen, you're talking about a game that's 12 months away. We'll see. Um, the Final Fantasy VII Remake finally has a release of March 2020 uh, for the first episode. It is still going to be episodic, and the first episode is still two Blu-rays, and it only contains the Midgar area of the game with apparently some added stuff um, that... Uh, you know, wasn't in the original game, so to speak. Um, also, they announced that Final Fantasy VIII is getting a remake. It will be out later this year. Uh, they announced a few other games. Romancing Saga 3 and Saga Scarlet Grace uh, will be getting Western releases. These are games that were only available in Asia previously. Uh, Outriders is another game coming out in 2020. Onanaki. Uh, they're going to be remastering Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. Which I think is really cool. Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles was a great game. Um, Last Remnant Remastered uh, was released on Switch that day. You can check it out right now. It's already one of the top selling games on the Switch. Um, I haven't played it, but I look forward to giving it a try. Um, <clears throat> um, and uh, last but not least, they did announce the first DLC for Kingdom Hearts 3, which I still have to play, uh, is the Remind DLC. So Monday was was a mixture of um, Monday was a mixture of you know a, a lot of cool stuff, a lot of innovative stuff, a lot of stuff we already knew about. Um, 
I would say just Monday as a whole was like a 7 out of 10 day. Uh, just from the standpoint of, you know, there was a lot of cool stuff. I really liked what Ubisoft is doing. I think Watch Dogs and Gods and Monsters has the has a, has a chance to be really good. <clears throat> Remember how I said I was going to try to keep this podcast to uh, our usual 25, 30 minutes? Well, we're 40 minutes deep and we haven't talked about... Um, we haven't talked about the presentation of E3, the best presentation, and that was Nintendo's Direct. Holy moly, there was a lot crammed into this. Um, <clears throat> let's start this off by talking about the minor stuff first. There was just, first of all, there was just so many games um, that I can't talk about them all. Um, Panzer Dragoon getting a remake. Available this fall, really cool. Kind of one of those cult, uh, cult favorite games that you know you see, uh, you know, pop up on streams and things like that every now and then. Uh, it was it was a series of games. They were made by Sega, um, and just very very interesting. Um, I believe the first one was on the Saturn. Um, <clears throat> but go watch the trailer. The trailer was really cool. It looks like a lot of fun. Um, can't wait for that to come out. Um, what else? Contra, getting a new Contra game. Contra Rogue Core out September 24th. Uh, yeah. I really don't want to think of this one. Uh, mostly because I'm like, what is happening with this game? Uh, you know, it's more of a... Weird kind of, more of a weird kind of, it was, whatever they decided to do was very controversial. Um, you know, I mean, a, a lot of people think of Contra and they think of running sideways, you know, NES style Contra. Um, I, I don't really have a strong opinion either way. I mean, I think we're, it's 2019, not 1989. Um, so, you know, making a game that doesn't play like a game that came out in 1989, it, I'm like, okay with that. Um, it's due out in September. Speaking of 1989, the Contra Anniversary Collection um, is on the Switch store. It's available now. Um, if you're looking, if you're jonesing for some old school Contra action, go check it out. <clears throat> uh, I believe, though, the first Contra is, or maybe it's just Super C is available on the Nintendo Switch Online subscription. I'd have to look that up afterwards. Um, uh, what else? Resident Evil 5 and 6 out this fall. Boo! Resident Evil 5 and 6, come on. Two of the worst Resident Evils. But to be fair, um, pretty much every Resident Evil is on the Switch at this point. I think they have 0, uh, 4, uh, 5 and 6 are coming. I think 2 is on there. Um, so it's nice to see Resident Evil's, uh, you know, they were fun, fun, fun games for me as a kid. I really enjoyed playing Resident Evil's. Um, I haven't checked any of them out on the Switch yet. Um, <clears throat> Dragon Quest XI S Definitive Edition, whatever the heck it's called, is going to be out September 27th. Um, I'll be the first person to admit I've never played Dragon Quest XI. Uh, I know that once Aldog hears this, he's going to be tweeting at me, what the hell is wrong with you? Because um, he's been telling me that now for years. Uh, I am looking forward to it coming out on the Switch. September 27th, it's going to be here. Um, it's going to be really cool. Kind of sucks that it comes out um, uh, a month. Hopefully I can get it done before Outer Worlds comes out, but we'll see. <clears throat> no More Heroes 3 was announced. It's going to be out in 2020. Um, Damon X Machina out September 13th. Looks really cool. It's going to have an online component to it as well. Kind of a competitive online scene, which I think is going to be cool. Uh, kind of a futuristic hack and slash sort of game, at least from what I can see of it. Um, doesn't really look like it's my cup of tea. Um, but it does look really cool. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it. they also announced, by the way, that Hori is making a special... Um, controller that's going to go with it. Basically, it is two uh, two specific Joy-Cons that snap on the side that are a little bit wider uh, for people with a little bit bigger hands. But yeah, I would definitely check out the Hori controller um, that's going to be coming out with it as well, <clears throat> which is going to be kind of cool. Uh, definitely 
a nice little uh, nice little bonus for that. Uh, they talked a lot about Luigi's Mansion. I expect it's going to be out in 2019, um, which means you're looking at like Christmas time probably. Uh, it's going to have couch co-op. It's going to have online. Um, again, Luigi's Mansion is another one of those cult favorite Nintendo games. Uh, I think it's going to be really cool. Again, they've showed off a lot of gameplay and stuff of Luigi's Mansion. Kind of their next big uh, release. So I think they're they're really pumping the tires on it as it gets closer and closer um, to uh, release. They talked about Cadence of Hyrule, which is available now. Um, I believe it is free. Um, if you get it on the Switch eShop. Uh, it's basically a Zelda spin-off. It's like kind of like a rhythm-based game uh, where you got to move to the beat. Um, uh, see, it's a people review it, uh, saying that it's a lot of fun. Um, I think some people have already beaten it in like 35 or 40 minutes, but I think most people has taken several hours. Uh, but definitely check it out. Again, available now. Um, Link's Awakening Remake will be available September 20th, which is kind of cool. It's coming with a custom dungeon mode as well, so you kind of be able to build your own dungeons and then try to beat them. <clears throat> Should be a lot of fun. Um, Banjo-Kazooie and Hero from Dragon Quest were announced as DLC for Smash Brothers. Uh, I think, you know, obviously Banjo-Kazooie and Smash Brothers is going to be cool and a lot of fun. And then um, the three real big pieces of news. Um, number one... Animal Crossing New Horizon has been delayed until March 2020, which was met with a lot of, oh no, here we go. Um, a lot of people have kind of changed their tune a little bit as they've talked more about it as the week has gone on, kind of showing you how it's going to work, some of the new mechanics and things. It does kind of suck that it is delayed. Um, spring 2020 is looking absolutely insane right now. So throwing another game in there uh, is just going to muddy the market for the gamers out there. I mean, you've got uh, Animal Crossing in March. You've got Cyberpunk uh, in April. And that's just two games that have been announced at E3. There's a whole bunch of other stuff. You get the Final Fantasy VII remake in there. Um, just so many things coming out in early, uh, in that spring sort of time frame. Uh, again, it'll be interesting to see. I'm sure we're going to have a Nintendo Direct at some point focused a lot on Animal Crossing New Horizon. It's going to be a huge title for Nintendo. A lot of Animal Crossing fans. I, I tweeted out that I have way too many Animal Crossing fans on my timeline because holy hell, it was wall-to-wall -wall Animal Crossing tweets for a good 10 minutes. Um, so yeah, so it's coming. it's been delayed coming out March 2020. Um, Witcher 3 Complete Edition is coming to the Switch in 2019. They did not give a specific date, um, but they have talked a lot about it since then. We've seen comparison videos comparing the PS4 version to the Switch version. It's going to run at 540p in handheld mode, 720p in um, docked mode. Um, they managed to fit it in 132 gig. Um, game card, which in and of itself is amazing considering the game is over 60 gigs on PlayStation. Um, <clears throat> obviously, it's not going to look as good, but all indications from everything I've seen, everything I've read, the game plays um, pretty well on the Switch from what people have seen. Again, it's going to be interesting to see over the course of a 50-hour, 60-hour adventure uh, because, again, with the, you know, you're going to have all the DLCs and stuff with the complete edition right from the get-go. It's going to be very interesting to see how it holds up over a 50-60 hour experience. Are you going to see periods of frame rate loss, periods of slowdown, stuttering? Uh, but I am super duper duper hyped to play through The Witcher 3 again uh, later this year on the Switch. And then the big announcement, the announcement that I don't think anybody really expected... Um, is that the Breath of the Wild sequel is in development. And they use the word sequel, which is very interesting, because, I mean, <clears throat> I'm not going to begin to try to explain to y'all the Legend of Zelda timeline, but <laughs> it's it's a thing of, of, of scientific uh, mesmerization uh, where the Legend of Zelda timeline has gone over the years. Uh, but Breath of the Wild sequel is in development, um, nothing really said about it other than that. They showed a couple of, like, a little vignette sort of thing uh, where Link had a haircut. Yeah, that was a big thing on Twitter chat. 
So yeah, that was the Nintendo presentation. A lot, a lot of good stuff. Um, absolutely insane. Again, all of E3 was... Um, all of E3 was really, really well done. Um, there was a lot of cool games. I would have to say that my... My my top five hype games coming out of it are you know pretty similar to what was going into it. Uh, Witcher three on Switch, Outer Worlds, um, and Cyberpunk are for sure on that list. Um, <clears throat> going into it, uh, I'm still really hyped for Mario Maker, but I mean Mario Maker two literally comes out from the time I'm recording this in twelve days, so not surprised they did the little uh, Mario Maker Invitational last week. Um, so I'm surprised they, they they didn't show a whole lot of it. Not surprised they didn't show a whole lot of it at E3, um, simply because you know it literally comes out in two weeks. Uh, but yeah, Cyberpunk, Outer Worlds, uh, Witcher Three. Um, I'm really hyped for those three games, and I think I I, I think I can really add. Um, <clears throat> sorry, Watch Dogs, Legions to that list. I think it looks really cool, and Gods and Monsters to that list too. I think both of those um, look really cool. So I think those five games for me come out um, being like super duper duper up on my hype list. Uh, and then shortly after that, I think the Link's Awakening remake and uh, Dragon Quest are, you know, would be like honorable mentions. Um, the Final Fantasy VII remake, I'm kind of like whatever at this point. I'll believe it when it's out. And um, Fallout 76. I'm really glad to see Fallout 76 getting some love, getting some new stuff. Um, guys, what was, I want to know what your guys' favorite part of E3 was. Um, <clears throat> uh, make sure you guys tweet me up at SnaggleJ on Twitter. Hit the Discord, discord.snaggle.club. Uh, Let me know what you guys thought. What were some games uh, coming out that you guys were surprised by? What kind of games were you hyped by? Uh, what kind of games let you down? What kind of publishers um, you think could have did a better job? Um E3 this year for me, like again, I, you know, it was a good E3, lots of cool stuff. Like I said earlier, I think it was an unenviable position um, where the next E3 is going to be pretty much all about next gen. Um, so we had this E3 where, you know, we were talking a lot about um, some games that are going to kind of cap off this generation. What a generation of games it has been. Kind of sad to see, um, <clears throat> excuse me, kind of sad to see this generation go. It's been so good. So anyways, guys, that's going to be it for today's Snaggle Show. Uh, on Monday, I'm going to be talking about three games I'm playing right now and three games I am excited to play um, in the next short time in an episode that's going to be called Three Now, Three Soon. Um, so that's going to be Monday's episode of the Snaggle Show. And then we're going to keep on with this um, with this Friday-Monday um, episodic train. Next Friday's episode... Um, we're going to be going back, and I'm going to be re-watching the Goldberg-Undertaker match um, from Super Showdown uh, that happened last week. I'm going to let it breathe for a bit. I'm going to go back and watch it, and we're actually going to watch it uh, together on the podcast. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, as always, guys, I appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. If you're listening directly on anchor.fm slash The Stangle Show, thank you very much. If you're listening in your podcast app of choice, podcast app of choice, um, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, Pocket Cast, wherever you're listening. Um, I appreciate it so much. I appreciate all the feedback you guys have given. I appreciate you uh, letting me invade your ear holes um, twice a week. Uh, thank you guys so much for the support. Uh, again, if you want to continue to support, make sure you check out my Patreon, patreon.com slash It's brand new. Um, we got a couple interesting perks up there so far. We're looking for some feedback on some more stuff we can add. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode of The Snaggle Show. Until next time, peace.